Welcome to Data Protection Gumbo Season 2, Episode 7, and I am Demetrius Malbro, your host and Chief Data Protection Chef, and I'm honored to bring you more gumbo of insights and information about data protection. And today I speak with Brian Granger, who's Chief Sales Officer at Spectrologic for the last 16 plus years, and with more than 25 years of experience in the storage industry, Brian is responsible for the overall corporate sales strategy, P&L, territory development and expansion for more than 40 countries around the globe. So without further ado, I would like to bring you the interview with Brian. Welcome to the gumbo, Brian. Glad to have you on the show. Thanks very much uh, for letting me participate in this. Appreciate it. Awesome. So let's go ahead and jump right into the first question. And by the way, Happy New Year. Ah, you too. You too. All right. So do you think that backing up data to tape is, I guess, one of the best safeguards against ransomware? Well, that's a good question. Um, you know, I would, I would say it's, it's without a doubt uh, the safest way that uh, any organization can protect itself against ransomware. But it's a little bit deeper than just backing up to tape. Um, one of the things that I, I firmly believe in and being in the data storage business, uh, data security uh, business, is this term of genetic diversity. So my, my belief and in most of the industry's belief is in order to have the highest safeguard um, in protection of your data is to have multiple copies on multiple types of media. So specifically, you know, there's lots of customers that are out there where they make one copy on their primary disk or their, their archive disk and they make a second copy on uh, let's say LTO uh, as a tape format. And some of the more, some of the larger uh, organizations out there, including uh, real uh, you know, agencies, federal agencies that deal with very sensitive data, they actually take it one step further and they do uh, uh, you know, three or even more copies. So one copy of the data will be on, on their disk, a second copy on another type of disk, and a third copy on tape or possibly even two copies on tape on two different types of tape technology. That's, in my experience, been the safest way uh, that a company can uh, safeguard themselves against ransomware. Okay, great. So uh, I don't think I've heard that term, genetic diversity. So, but, but I have heard of keeping multiple copies on different multiple types of media because you want to make sure all of your eggs are not in one basket. Yeah, in the industry, we, we, we love terminology and we love acronyms. Yes. Uh, some people know it as 3-2-1, mm -hmm. uh, make three copies uh, in two different, um, have three data sets on two different types of uh, medias and access point, you know, one different access point. Uh, and there's lots of different uh, ways that company describe it. But in a nutshell, I think the industry as a whole is saying um, have it on multiple multiple copies on multiple platforms. Right, just so make, making sure you have multiple different points in time and also um, in case something happens to one copy, you have, uh, I guess, an insurance plan to fall back on another. So that's uh, kind of the reason why uh, data protection in the backup industry is so hot today. Exactly. 
All right. So do, do you also see a lot of people uh, still using tape and also uh, doing what's called cloud seeding? Well, if you take the market and in, in break it into, uh, into two uh, segments, we'll, we'll call one uh, enterprise customers and the other um, mid-range or, or non-enterprise. Enterprise customers are typically uh, organizations that have uh, data centers uh, across the United States or even across the world. They tend to have much larger data sets where they, they typically will talk in the petabytes versus the terabytes or the gigabytes. Um, so the, the tape role uh, has really been expanding and is actually growing. The market is growing in those enterprise accounts. Uh, data is one of those things that never gets smaller. Um, you know, tape in the entry-level mid-range, if you're in the gigabytes or, or terabytes, um, there are other solutions uh, that customers have found that are uh, a little bit more appealing from a cost standpoint or, or ease, of, ease of use. That would be um, disk. People are using disk as, as a point to back up their data. And then also the cloud. So the cloud seeding is, is an interesting market. Um, I, I, at this point, I don't see that it's a, a very large market, but it is definitely an area that's growing. Um, but with, with cloud seeding and that, you know, let's use AWS as an example with their snowball or their snowmobile applications, the snowball, which focuses in on the smaller data sets, I, I think it's capacity goes up to maybe a hundred terabytes. Uh, that's a pretty good solution. They, they send up, uh, they send up uh, a rack or some equipment on site. You get to download your data and then send it, send it back to a AWS facility uh, where, you know, it would take, you know, days and months to transmit a hundred terabytes over a normal bandwidth. Uh, the snowmobile, which is focused more on the enterprise um, in the many dozens or hundreds of petabytes uh, in theory is a great concept. Send an 18 wheeler up to your data center, move, move all of your data out of your data center onto this truck and the truck goes off to a facility. But the problem actually when you do it that way just begins. And that is access to that hundreds, dozens or hundreds of petabytes. You're still having, uh, you're still having a lot of complexity, access to that data, what happens in the DR um, uh, situation where you have an entire data center go down and they need to stand it up. Um, sure, they can put that data back on a truck and send it over to your uh, over to your facility. However, with that amount of data, you're you're talking about weeks, if not months, uh, to be able to do it, even in that uh, in that type of uh, arrangement. Hmm. So I guess we're still so we're still talking um, trucking data, right? So taking taking the tapes and I guess offloading them out and sending them to, I guess, some type of secondary location or um, yeah. Iron Mountain or whoever, right? And then recalling that data and getting them to send that data back. So I guess we still, or I guess you still see uh, a lot of customers are still using that method. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. I mean, you just, it's the sheer amount of data when you're, when you're in the petabytes, it, it becomes very complex to, uh, to, to manage that. Now, yeah. we are, there's the, the industry also is, you know, uh, for, for the enterprise accounts, they typically have more than one data center. 
they're replicating their data across two data centers. Right. So uh, let's say a manufacturer, an automobile manufacturer has a data center down in Kentucky and one in California. Uh, the Kentucky facility uh, you know, may go down in a disaster, but they have a second copy, a live, a live copy in their data center in California. And then you're, you're really only talking about being down over minutes or hours versus days and weeks. Okay, so I have a really, really short um, RTO uh, time going on there. So I guess let's, let's talk a little bit about, I guess, Spectrologic and your Black Pearl deep storage. I love that name, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, so our, our Black Pearl, it's the Black Pearl product from Spectre is our converged storage um, system that, that allows customers to manage multiple storage tar targets uh, utilizing our uh, advanced data policy management software. So in, in a nutshell, it's, a, it's an object store uh, appliance that, that allows a customer to manage their data and they can uh, send the data off to nearline disk, to online disk, uh, make a copy out to our, our tape uh, libraries, and even make a copy off to uh, off to a public cloud, such as um, you know any one of the the major cloud companies out there. So it really goes back to uh, the first question, which is you know Spectre is a very very deep believer in genetic diversity, and our 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 hardware and our appliances allow customers to make multiple copies of their data on different types of formats in different geographic locations. So at any given time, a customer uh, can, can have an outage or a disaster or, or, or even internal sabotage, and they will always have uh, avenues to, to, their, uh, to their data uh, in a much quicker time frame than the traditional uh, ways that we just talked about with the uh, like cloud seeding and, and off-premise uh, storage. Okay, great, great. That sounds um, sounds like a great solution. So uh, moving on, I guess to since you know there there's fake news out there. It's a lot of things that are going on, but but we won't talk about politics. Uh, we would actually <laughs> probably you. spend the entire year <laughs> to, uh, on that topic. But in, in the media and entertainment industry, right? Are you, I guess they're starting to uh, de-archive data like old shows and old newscasts and unreleased feature films, et cetera, and like pull that data from tape back up into hot storage, right? So do you see a lot of that going on today with your um, customers? Well, I, I, if I understand your question, what what that's really pertaining to is this concept of the media and entertainment industry digitizing uh, older uh, yes. recordings, audio, uh, video. So that, that's been, uh, it, in, in the storage world, we call it you know, digitizing or migrating from analog to digital. There's, again, there's a plethora of, of ways that people call it. And that has uh, been an, an ongoing um, project uh, for almost anybody that's in the media and entertainment space. As an example, one of our, uh, one of our customers at Spectrologic, they do, um, uh, all they do is record and uh, render and publish 
uh, a sporting team, a professional sports team. And they're going, and this team has been around for 100 years. And what they're doing and, and have done is gone back uh, from the, you know, the old archives from the 60s and 70s and 50s, and they're, they're taking it off of those cassette tapes and, and some other forms that you're used to seeing up on the shelf, and they're digitizing them. They're adding metadata uh, to them, and then they're ingesting them into a digital workflow. And so that gives them the ability that, let's say, um, you know, it's, it's a live sporting event, and they're, you know, one team is playing their arch rivalry, uh, at any given time, that station can have all the footage access to them uh, on the competitor's team uh, or both teams playing together in the past so that when a big play happens or, or something happens, they'll be able to very quickly go back and, and pull some of this archived uh, footage um, you know, from, from previous generations of, uh, of media. So that, it's really a workflow uh, topic that, that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. and the media and entertainment space is, is very familiar with that. Uh, th this has been going on for, for many years. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so I'll have to um, go back to see if they have digitized some of the older uh, shows like Good Times. I, that's one of, my, one of my favorite shows to watch, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what, what? What's interesting too is you, you know, and that's you know TV shows, but it's also um, you know real, uh, real uh, news. Uh, you know that's happening real time. So, as an example, let's say there's a there's an actor, or an actress, famous actor, or actress that passes away today. You know, if, uh, I I remember back. I remember exactly where I was and what city and what hotel I was in when Michael Jackson passed away, and it was just amazing to me how within hours of that announcement, there were tributes going out on the new, you know, on the newscast uh, about him, and, and there was footage from him back in the seventies right. uh, when he was just a little little kid, and that is a direct result of uh, digitizing uh, older. Uh, footage, audio, and video into uh, into the new workflow. So within a couple of hours, um, you know, the local TV station or one of the big three-letter networks was able to to roll out some some pretty uh, pretty amazing video. Right. Yes. Yeah. So I guess they they've written some nice algorithms and uh, to be able to search the metadata to find things quickly. Right. Sure. Absolutely. So uh, let's see, let's talk a little bit about long-term preservation and retention. So what, what are, I guess, some of the vertical markets that you think have the highest uh, growth potential uh, for long-term preservation and retention? Well, we talked about one, and that's the media and entertainment space. And, and I think that will always be an industry uh, because there's always, you know, the newer the cameras, the higher the resolution, the higher the quality, that means bigger data files. Um, so I think that's an industry that it's a foregone conclusion that they're going to be on the on the front end of data of data uh, data growth or video growth. Um, that that's a that's a big focus for uh, for Spectrologic uh, as well. In addition, uh, there's two other markets. Uh, one is the HPC market or high performance computing, and these are you know federal agencies universities specifically uh universities that do a lot of research you're in you know pharmaceutical um you know some of these agencies you know building bombs uh, splitting dna i mean it produces 
small files. Granted, they're, they're fairly small files, but they are producing millions and billions of these files. And when you do research, for instance, in the pharmaceutical world, uh, you never want to lose that data because you never know what might happen down the road where you might need to go back and see the results of something. They're coming up with a new drug or a new disease comes out, you know, and the CDC, as an example, needs to, needs to go and compare and contrast based off of things in the past. Um, that, that has been and, 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 again, will always continue to be a, um, a major growth driver of, of data. One of the newer markets, which uh, Spectre has, has been in now for about four years, um, is video surveillance. Now, when I say video surveillance, I'm not referring to the, the traditional, you know, cameras in your 7-Eleven, um, and they're just monitoring to make sure that, you know, if something bad happens, you know, they just need to go back to, you know, last night's video or the police or, or some kind of uh, agency needs to go take a look at that video because the retention times for that video isn't very long. You know, if a, if a store gets robbed, you know, they're, they're going to know right away and they just need to go back to uh, that footage. But within video surveillance, there's um, a tremendous growth in terms of retaining that video for much longer periods of times for different reasons. Um, Counterterrorism uh, is one, city surveillance. Um, you know, if you think about airports, if something bad happens at an airport, uh, obviously, they, they, they want to be able to get instant access to, to video that happened, you know, plus or minus a, a few hours or, or a couple of days. They also want to be able to go back in that video to see, has that bad person, you know, uh, been in and out of that facility, you know, in the past. And there's lots of facial recognition and analytical software that's out there. It's, it's amazing that the advancements that that's taken. So that has been a big growth uh, uh, market and I kind of frame it as bad people doing bad things. But then there's this other uh, piece of the business which has spun out uh, to be really quite interesting, and that's where uh, corporations or traditional commercial accounts are viewing their video as an asset. So, as an example, let's take a large retail outlet. So. You, you walk into a super shop and, and you, you know, you've got your, your, your deli on the left, your kids toys in front of you and your pharmacy over on the right. And, uh, you know, it's a large facility, you know, a big place like that typically has, you know, it's not uncommon for them to have 200 or maybe even more than 200 cameras. Well, they're videotaping this for the obvious, uh, slip and falls, um, you know, um, uh, in inventory depletion or, or people shoplifting, but they're also using it as an asset to understand patterns, how people are, are using their store to, you know, what, what's the demographic of, of the person that comes in and goes to the right uh, versus goes to the left. And it, it, it allows them to use that as marketing information and understanding their customer base at kind of a third dimension uh, rather than in addition to, you know, they buy X amount of product in this age group. Uh, this allows them to have proper placement of inventory. Uh, in my guesses, that will eventually uh, turn into, if they understand that this placement is, is much better for that type of demographic, they'll be able to go back to the, the people they buy product from and sell more marketing uh, shelf space uh, to them. 
So video surveillance is, it's not the traditional video that, that we normally think of. It's, it's spidering out into uh, multiple uh, avenues, which is really driving a lot of data growth. Okay, wow, you, you really touched on some on some great things there, facial recognition, and I was listening out for that word because that's that's one that's going to be huge, and a lot of technology has been rolled out uh, with facial recognition and just artificial intelligence, all of that uh, digital type of um, technology is definitely rolling out, and I'm sure we will start to see uh, much of that start to come down the pipe in 2018. Um, so I guess a general question, but uh, since I really don't keep my pulse on the tape market, what's new in the tape market? Can you, can you tell me what's, what's coming down the pipe? Sure. Um, so the tape market is broken into, into two markets. It's the, the LTO, uh, which is uh, by far the largest market segment. I think it takes up probably you know over 80% of the market share. Um, LTO, we just released the uh, eighth generation, so we're now on LTO 8, uh, which is a major step forward. And that, that allows you to put uh, up to 12 terabytes of data on a LTO cartridge. And if you think about it, 12 terabytes in a, in a little cartridge that you can hold in the palm of your hand, and you know those cartridges, are, they're less than 200 bucks now. Um, and you know the shelf life on them is 30 to 40 years. Uh, that is a very um, um, uh, acceptable medium for, for and uh, cost-effective medium uh, for companies to uh, to have copies of their data. There's no other there's no other technology out there that allows you to put it on a put it on a cartridge for 200 bucks uh, and keep it uh, for 30 years. Um, in addition to that, the uh, there, there's a without getting into too much technical detail. Uh, there's a new way that LTO8 is, is reading and writing into media. Um, as an example, you're now able to take an LTO7 cartridge, and this was the previous generation. That capacity was 6 terabytes. You're now able to put it into an LTO8 drive, and the drive is able to, for lack of a better uh, analogy, reformat it to where you can now get 9 terabytes on that 6 terabyte cartridge. So you're getting 50% more capacity going from six to nine at the same price of six. So to start with, tape is the most price-effective uh, medium to store your data without a doubt. And with this second advancement, uh, increasing your cartridge 50% for the same price, uh, it gives a further reason for, uh, um, uh, for companies to look at uh, tape as a viable alternative to maybe other technologies. Um, in addition to that, uh, Spectra, we're, uh, we've got a, uh, you know, new products that we're rolling out. We're growing uh, as a company, or we still have very much a, uh, a tape focus. I think we're the technical leaders in the market, without a doubt, in the enterprise space. In addition to all of our other products and solutions, our disk-based and flash-based solutions, tape is a very strong, uh, strong business right now. Okay, great. I, I didn't hear any uh, encryption or security-related things around that. In any, anything new around uh, security uh, from a tape cartridge perspective? 
Um, well, it's not that it's new. I mean, the, the tape drives have uh, encryption built on the drives. Mm-hmm. So we're able to, uh, as your data is coming into the drive and we're writing it to tape, uh, it's able to do encryption on the fly. Uh, and there's a real benefit to that where it's not being done at the server. It's not sucking up all your bandwidth, uh, the encryption algorithms and the, and the CPU power that you need for that. So we're able to do the encryption, but take it off your network and do it at the, do it at the library level. Um, but encryption has been uh, very much part of the LTO product for, for several generations. Okay, and, and since uh, tape cartridges are getting smaller, are, are the tape libraries, the huge monsters that actually have the robotic arms inside of the moon and the tapes around, are they getting smaller too? Or well, the, the, uh, in the enterprise space that we're, we're in, uh, typically are, are fairly large libraries where they do have the robotic arms. But Spectra has always been known as we're the storage density leader. We're a very green company. We're based out of Boulder, Colorado. Uh, power efficiency and space uh, is very important to us. So one of, one of the main value propositions that Spectra offers is you're able to store, uh, in some cases, two or three times the amount of data in our solutions at half the, half the physical space. And that's a... That's a real important uh, differentiator, especially when you look at geographically places like New York City, uh, London, uh, Tokyo. These are very expensive high-rent cities, the most expensive in the world. So every square foot that we can save a customer uh, really materializes into into significant top and bottom line savings. Well, awesome. You, you've provided some great information on tape and uh, the actual tape market. So uh, I, I just really, really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to, um, to record this episode with me. And thanks for coming on the show, Brian. Yeah, thank you very much. I very much uh, appreciate it. Best of luck. Thank you so much for listening to Data Protection Gumbo. I appreciate each and every one of you. I would like for you to check out the website, dataprotectiongumbo.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at dmalbro, or you can uh, link up with me on LinkedIn. Thank you so much. Have a great one.